everyone, and welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that assists families suffering from the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Going good. How was your... We are, we're doing this a week later, but how was your Mother's Day weekend? I had a great Mother's Day. What, what did they give you? Well... Okay. <laughs> Uh, hanging basket, which I usually get every okay. year. Okay. I, I laugh when I get a hanging basket. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then a picture of a couch and a card because I've been wanting a new couch. Okay. Okay. So, so I didn't actually get so the couch. So the couch is on its way. No, he has not ordered it yet. He just decided to put a picture uh, in a card uh, on a couch. That's such a dad move on it Mother's is. Day, isn't it? I'm like, so... I feel like I've got at least three of those holidays yeah. under my yeah. belt. I, I laugh. <laughs> Here's a picture of the thing that I didn't get for you in time. But I know you want it. But I know that you wanted yeah. it. So <laughs> pick it out yourself. Yeah, but hey, I'll be getting a new couch. <laughs> that's awesome. Once that's I awesome. order it. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty slick dad move right there. <laughs> I know. I actually thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> in, in our defense, I have personally given at least I know I've given at least four gifts in the time that I've been giving gifts to my wife. A or, picture? No, just I mean like I've given her gifts. Oh. Right? Yeah. And at least four times that I've given her gifts, I've noticed that she's been like, Can, is there a way to return this one? <laughs> and like so I've yeah. learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. Yes. Well you can never <laughs> go wrong with a hanging basket. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean true. we she, like the hanging baskets typically. Yep. Yeah, she she does something like else the hanging to take basket. care of. Right. And the, yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. But I do love flowers, uh, yeah, so I yeah. really enjoy that. The orchid is a big one for, for my wife. She really loves oh. the, the orchid. I yeah. kill them every time. Yeah, I mean those are hard. Those are hard little guys to keep to keep alive. I've learned that because yeah. I've killed I don't know like three or four orchids in yeah. my day. Yeah, but did you know that if you give them a specific color, when it comes back, it comes back white. What? I know. We, I gave her a nice, like really nice blue one last year. Uh-huh. It was the one that she kept alive. It started to come back this year, and I was like, oh my god, that thing's white. It comes back white. It loses its little color. Weird. Just a little science fact for you here on hmm. here on Angel Talk. Okay. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we are not uh, here to talk to you about gardening today. Uh, we're actually here. <laughs> we could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk gardening. <laughs> Maybe that'll be to. another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, one thing we're, as you most of you know, we're going through uh, the five stages of grief. Um, the based on the book by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, uh, her book on death and dying. And so what we've done is uh, we've gone over the last uh, two stages of grief. Today we are on the third stage of grief, which is bargaining. We're going to end with a very, very special podcast with Heidi, uh, Rowan with an A's mother, and where, where her and Bryn talk about sort of the meaning in it all, which is really the sixth stage of grief. So this stage, uh, bargaining in particular, is... This is where you find yourself attempting to make deals uh, with with sort of whatever higher power you believe in. I'll never complain again. This is the stage that has um, maybe some false hope, a lot of negotiation. This is the shoulda, coulda, woulda stage, the what if stage. Um, you're desperate to get your life back to how it was before the grief event, and you're willing to make major life changes in an attempt for that. Uh, guilt is a common wingman in this stage. For sure. Uh, um, and, you know, I mean, it really is a stage where a lot of the sort of, um, this is the pre-stage to depression. And this is where you're attempting to make any sort of deals you can with whoever you can to avoid, I think, the fourth stage of 
of grief, which is depression. Um, so, Bryn, we're going to talk a little bit about how you personally felt during this stage, and if you if you get still some of that today. Um, so, if you're if you're willing to, let's you ready to dive in some questions? Yep, open book over here. All right, let's just get going in. <laughs> All right, hold on to your hanging garden <laughs> or whatever it is, hanging basket, hanging, hanging basket. garden. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> oh wow, I am definitely not a green thumb. Here we go. So, question number one. Um, We've talked a little bit about in the last two when you found yourself in in state in these mm -hmm. stages. Same question applies here. When did you first kind of realize you were in this stage, and 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 uh, and when you were going through it? So for me, um, this has never really been a linear process. So I've mm -hmm. I've always kind of felt as I go through my grief that I'll be experiencing multiple stages at one time. Uh -huh. And that was the case with bargaining. So uh -huh. I really do feel like after I went through the denial stage, um, you know, and you're angry after that, yeah. which made sense. But even while I was angry, I already had started like the bargaining. Oh, okay. And instead of it almost being like bargaining with myself, yeah. I really felt like I was more like begging to God, uh -huh. yeah. like, and just pleading, like, this can't be my life. Like, what right. did I do wrong to deserve this? Right. Um, and it does go hand in hand with guilt. But I, I do think I experienced this pretty soon after Rowan's loss. Um, when I was still in the anger phase, I really mm -hmm. started to feel that like bargaining where you would give anything, you know, like just so desperate of, yeah. I would give anything to have her back. Like, what do I have to do to have her back, mm -hmm. to have a minute with her, to have a dream with her, anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, you'll take whatever you can get. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> what are some examples of bargaining that you might have attempted to do during this time? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like with myself, but I just definitely, I pleaded to God pretty much nonstop of, mm -hmm. you know, like, what can I do? I mean, I will be like, I, you're so desperate. It, it almost seems like you make these outlandish like requests is how I felt like to God, right. like, please do me a favor. Like, just, I don't know what you have to do, but it's the impossible, like send her back. I know that's impossible, right. but you're so desperate that it's like, I would beg just, um, like after I started race for own and I was working, um, as this is my job, like I'm helping and I'm serving other people. Yeah. You know, you almost feel like, well, is that good enough? Like I'm doing everything I can to be a good person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lord, so reward me. Like, give me my daughter back in some way. Or yeah. all I want is a dream of her. Um, and it's like, that's not real life. Mm. But I think when you're in consumed with that, like you're just so desperate for any kind of bargaining, um, really just pleading of how can I just have one more day with her, which mm -hmm. I know that that's not real life. I'm not going to get another day with her. She's, she's gone, but that's the part that comes with acceptance. You yeah. know, you haven't gotten there yet when you're in your bargaining phase, at least for me, I wasn't to the acceptance place of that. That was really my reality yet. Of right. Like, you know, what can I do? God, like if I get pregnant again, will you bless me back with Rowan to come in my life? I mean, that sounds crazy, but like, those are, I think, the thoughts that are normal when you're yeah. so broken, yeah. you know, you're just begging and pleading, like send her back. Right. Right. And so as crazy as it sounds, 
that was my reality so for you were, a lot so of years. So you found yourself like legitimately bargaining at times where you'd be oh, like, yeah. I'll do it. I mean, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Yeah. And like, just paint it out for me. Like, uh -huh. Lord, you tell me what you want me to do mm -hmm. and I'll do it. Did you find yourself in any sort of coulda, shoulda, woulda moments? Like if I could have done this or if I would have locked the door, if I would have. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I still do occasionally, like, even though I am kind of out of that stage of grief and I have been for quite some time, I think you still, it's easy to go back to those moments of like, why wasn't I paying attention more? And, yeah. um, and I think the same goes for Cassie because we both carry around a lot of guilt from right. that day. Right. Um, and I did for a really long time and I still do, you know, there's still times where, it'll hit me really hard where I feel like really guilt ridden. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, I did have to like be able to tell myself like this was purely just a horrible accident. Yeah, there's just nobody's fault. It's a horrible accident. And I think human nature, we always need to find somebody to blame. Right. Like it's somebody's fault. So whose fault is it going to be? Yeah. So it feels unnatural when... You There's know, just like nothing out there. My therapist and our loved ones are telling me and Cassie both that, like, this is not anybody's fault. Like, this is yeah. just a horrific accident. Um, and it was hard to believe that for yeah. yourself. Like, I wanted to take the blame. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, no, it's my fault. Like, she was under my watch. And um, I do just think that's human nature. Like, we have to have an answer. Like, well, whose fault is it? So that's I right. can be mad at that. Yeah. person or be yeah. mad at that thing or whatever it is. But um, I did struggle with not finding, it was hard not to blame myself, you know? Sure, um, sure. And that took therapy and a lot of love from my family mm -hmm. of reassuring me that like they didn't want me to feel like it was my fault or yeah. Cassie's fault, like it was just a horrible accident. So I just think it is a natural thing that you go through where you have to find that blame to move forward, but I had to find that acceptance that it wasn't anybody's fault yeah. for myself to move forward. Yeah. What's more energy draining, guilt or anger? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Mm. I would say they're pretty close. Pretty to the close same. To Yeah. Similar. And when you have both, I oh mean, my dang, gosh, I mean what? <laughs> I'm guilty and I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're both. And now I'm tired. And I'm tired. I need a nap. Yeah. yeah. No, they're they're exhausting. Yeah. 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 Would you would you say that those are the two emotions that are the most energy sucking out of all sort of the emotions you feel? I mean, I imagine it's all one huge energy energy suck, but like, are those the, are those the moments when you find yourself either angry or coulda, shoulda, woulda, or guilt? Are those the times you find yourself the most exhausted afterwards? Hmm. I've never really thought about that, Philip. Hmm. Uh, see, that what a great question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, what I think is more exhausting is just the roller coaster of you're experiencing so many different emotions mm -hmm. like in one day. So it's not like yeah, my whole day, point. I'm just sitting there raging angry. It would be like the roller coaster of, um, you know, depression, anger, the tears, um, the anxiety, panic attacks, uh, PTSD flashbacks. I mean, like the whole roller coaster of what you experience in one day yeah. after loss alone, but then experiencing like a traumatic loss at, with that. Right. Um, that's what's exhausting. Right. Because I was really always somebody that was 
pretty methodical with like what my day was going to consist of. Like I've, I've always been pretty detailed and structured when it comes to like my appointments and my scheduling. Mm-hmm. So when I felt like I lost all that control yeah. of, I can't predict when I'm going to be having a meltdown or when I'm going to be so depressed, I don't feel like getting out of bed for the day. Um, and you're really starting over at life. Like it, it really felt that's what was exhausting. Like yeah. you can't predict how you're going to feel or when a flashback's going to trigger or right. um, what emotion's going to be overwhelming you at what time of the day. So just planning even like a simple outing or a simple meeting for work became really uh, overbearing. So I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be capable of doing it at noon because right. I don't know what noon's going to entail. Right. Um, and it took a lot of time to, to move forward. And thankfully, like I've shared in the past, you know, starting this organization, I've always had people be really understanding about that. Like yeah. if I did have something scheduled and I happened to be in a really dark emotional time, we would reschedule. And I've, I've always been so thankful for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's what's the most exhausting about going through these stages is mm-hmm. it's so unpredictable and yeah. you're, you never feel like you can quite figure out one emotion because then it's like one comes right after the other. Oh yeah. 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 So your answer to that question is all of it. All of it. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's just really exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> so in a roundabout way, yeah. there's your an- your answer. Yes, is the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And so now it's time for another one of our uh, Rowan's Rays of Light uh, patent pending. Not really. <laughs> uh, but as you most of you know, during during sort of this time period, what we've been attempting to do is find... Uh, folks that are doing amazing things or businesses that are doing amazing things for people out there. And um, we've been sharing basically stories we're finding. So Bryn, you have one and then I have another. So go ahead, Bryn, why don't you start off? Well, my story is based in Texas Mm -hmm. and it was Marco's Pizza Shop and they were actually burglarized. Oh. And so, but I found inspiration in this. They were burglarized, but after they had watched on the cameras that they, um, noticed that the burglars didn't really seem to know what they were doing. They were amateurs. Okay. So they seemed like they were really desperate. They were just searching for anything that they could find. So after they were robbed, they decided to offer free meals to anybody that was desperate. Oh, wow. And they kind of turned it into a positive. Very cool. And so they promoted um, that they just wanted to be compassionate in these months and that if anybody was desperate, just please stop by and they would give them a free meal. Oh, that so is cool. I thought that was really cool. Like, I like that one a lot. Turn their negative into a positive right? by actually being generous with the community and offering free food out Very there. Very cool. So, Instead of losing faith in humanity, you're yep. kind of like putting some out there. I like so that So that was Marco's Pizza Shop in Texas. That's awesome. Mine is the national home improvement chain Lowe's oh. uh, for Mother's Day. Um, they were trying to figure out the best way to, you know, just connect with the community and keep people involved. So what they did was they delivered through different uh, local vendors a million dollars worth of flowers to any isolated seniors in nursing homes or, or retirement homes or in their own homes who could not see their family. So they actually oh. no contact deliver them all of them uh, of flowers for Mother's Day. That is so nice. Which I thought was really cool. Good job, Lowe's. Good job, Lowe's. Yeah. Nice job. So that has been this week's Rowan's Rays of Light. So uh, getting back to the final questions of this particular podcast, 
this is I, I don't know why this is a harder question to me, I think, than anger and denial, because I think having bouts of those to anger and denial, it's much more at the surface so you can like see it more mm-hmm. and maybe feel it more. Do you still today have bouts of bargaining, coulda, shoulda, woulda, those sort of things? And is it as like at the surface as the others were? Um, no, I don't really anymore. Yeah. Um, because I think I've gotten through the acceptance phase that this is real. And this so the acceptance phase was pretty big for this particular stage for you. In getting over this part. Right. Because then it's like, I think I don't feel like I know this is real and there is no bringing her back. So I don't really have anything left to bargain for. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I know where she is. I know I'll get to see her again one day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard to openly admit it out loud because you don't want people to think that I'm over it. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to ever think just because I've accepted this that I'm over losing her. Yeah. Um, what I've done is I've accepted that, yes, my daughter's passed, and I'm trying to move forward because I know that that's the healthiest for me, and that's what Rowan would want too. Right. Um, and I've shared that before. She's kept me going, you know. So in my darkest times or really weak moments, I kind of have had that aha moment where – I know that Rowan would be really sad to see me like that. Yeah. And nobody wants to see or think of their child as being sad. Right. Especially on my account. Yeah. So um, I've she's kept me going. Like, I've always wow. tried to move forward for her because yeah. this is what I always tell my son. Like, they can see, they know what we're doing all the time. Yeah. The good and the bad are yeah. angels up in heaven. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, when you're doing something wrong, like, your sister can see you. Like, yeah. you want to... Make her proud of you. And mm-hmm. I've kept myself accountable for that because, you know, there has been times that I've, you know, you're just weak and you're broken and, and right. that's fine and that's normal. But I know that she wouldn't want that. Like that right. probably breaks her heart too. So that's kind of helped me move forward um, into that acceptance phase of like, I know she she doesn't want mommy to be sad and I know where she is and I'll see her again one day. So I don't have too many times where I go back to the bargaining phase. Um, you know, I think with grief, like I said, it's never predictable. So I do still have hard days where, you know, you want to bargain. Yeah, but um, yeah. I think I've moved forward from that. How difficult was this stage to get through? Uh, because um, anger clearly seemed to be the one that you said was the hardest to, to, to grasp, denial being number two. Yeah. Where does this kind of rank in the in those in those five sort of stages? Well, they're all terrible. <laughs> they're all oh, terrible. You mean none of them are good. Yeah. Oh wow. But I honestly do feel um, still that anger was the hardest, and then probably denial for me, and then the bargaining. It, it wasn't as hard of a phase because I don't feel like I went through it as long. Okay. Um, and when I was going through it, my emphasis was still more like I was angry, pleading, or begging. Got it. Um, and, you know, you just would give anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just so desperate to have your child back. Um, and you're desperate to not have a broken heart. So it's like, what do I have to do yeah. to fix it? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of us are just natural, like, fixers anyway. If mm-hmm. something's broken, we want to fix it. Right. Um, so when you're feeling like a constant broken heart, you just want to, what can I do to feel better? What yeah. can I do to fix it? And 
part of the acceptance phase that we'll talk about is I think learning that that is never going to go away. You right. learn to cope with it and you learn to to heal and you can put the pieces back together one by one really slowly and you learn a new way of life. But that comes later. So I do feel like the bargaining, it wasn't as difficult for me as the other stages of grief, but, um, yeah, they all suck. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are awesome. Yeah. Um, aside from what we usually tell folks, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, if you're feeling, if you're feeling overwhelmed by these feelings, go see a professional. Mm -hmm. Uh, aside from that recommendation, which is, I think we can just say for now is a standing recommendation Mm -hmm. from, from our group. Uh, what other recommendations do you have for people maybe going through this, how to get to maybe some realizations? What would you, you know, what would you give in terms of recommendations? I think really just experiencing it and feeling it Mm -hmm. like we say with the other phases, I think it's what you're going to have to go through to move forward into the acceptance stage. So, um, it's normal and just take it day by day and, and feel that, which it's not a fun feeling to go through, but I think as soon as you get through that bargaining phase and you're really starting to move forward into acceptance, you start to see some hope again. Yeah. So you just have to feel it. And again, surround yourself with positive people that can help you through it, um, that can help you when you're carrying around that guilt, mm-hmm. that can you know reassure you that it's a natural feeling to blame yourself yeah. for loss Yeah. Um, in general. So, you know, s- surround yourself with those people that are strong enough to to tell you like it isn't your fault and lift you up when you're down um, and do what you need to do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a fun thing to go through, but yeah. unfortunately you have to go through this to move forward in your grief. To get to the other side. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it does get easier. And I think getting through this is when I started to see a little bit of hope again. Yeah. I got, as we, as I was researching the, each one of them mm-hmm. and, and for those who, who obviously don't know how, how podcasts work, we've actually already recorded the episode with Heidi for the sixth one, mm-hmm. but even in our interaction with her and then researching acceptance, especially mm-hmm. acceptance, it does feel like um, those last two podcasts in this series will, will end up, illustrating how how you can turn these how you can turn some of this into real motivation to mm-hmm. to to be a better person and to go do do really profound things and then also you do come to a moment where it's not all going to all the time be 24 hours a day of overwhelming right. overwhelming emotions it definitely gets a little bit easier yeah as time goes on just to navigate through your grief right. um and especially after you, after you get through these first three phases, I think the denial and the anger um, and then the bargaining, which come with obviously all the other things, the depression and the guilt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they all go hand in hand. But I think as you work through those phases, you really start to see that there's hope again and there's light at the end of the tunnel. And life isn't always going to be so dark. Like you can find joy and happiness again while you're still grieving. Yeah. So it's such a hard concept to comprehend but you can have you can live with joy and with pain in your heart at the same time yeah so um you just learn to do it do it yeah 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 uh well next week is going to be a real uplifting one it is depression so (laughs) (laughs) cool fight fight through one more of those and then we promise you'll get to something where it'll you'll be able to hear how you can get to a good emotional state next week is really the 
the final one where it's like, oh boy, heavy. Yeah. Lots, lots of, lots of strong, strong emotions mm-hmm. happening. Uh, one thing we were talking about before we hopped on here, we are also, uh, we're going to close the show with some announcements about our upcoming events. So uh, the run for Rowan has become a virtual run. We, you have seen it on the site now. You've seen it on social media. It's really not super complicated. It's actually even less complicated than the uh, actual in-person run. You, for twenty-five bucks, you can register. You get, um, you get an, a T-shirt. You either get uh, one of, you get a runner T-shirt, or if you're one of our angel families, you actually get a special angel T-shirt uh, for the particular run. And then you get to run on your own time. Mm-hmm. And then just mark down the time it took you to walk or run your five k or ten k. And then you will be able to upload it to a special site. And then we'll have a fun medal ceremony, a virtual medal ceremony. We'll also do some shout outs. You'll be able to upload your own photo of you and your family. It's the perfect thing to do for Father's Day. Yes. So it's that Father's Day. We love, love, love seeing your pictures. Yes. Please um, hashtag run for Rowan. Yes. We've used that year after year with our regular run, but we still want to see you guys. So, um, please share your photos and yes, make it fun. Celebrate dad. Yeah. You can walk or hike or run. You know, go really where- anything that involves 5K or 10K. Yeah, go wherever you want with that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, don't drive. That's lazy. But everything else. <laughs> hey, if you want to do that, okay. wear your race for own Is that shirt. what we're doing here? We just, we're, just sh- we're just shirking all the rules. We're just like, yeah. throw out the rule book. You can drive 5K. Well, that's what our world has come to. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. It's true. When you're in quarantine, I mean, if you got to break a rule... Go ahead and drive your car. Just wear your yeah. Run for Rowan shirt. Yeah. Take a photo. Ride for Rowan. Ride for Rowan. That's a, yeah. That's Actually, sketchy. that's pretty good. I like yeah. that. Wow. I think we just came up with an idea right on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We hope you support. It should mm-hmm. still be a really fun way to honor our angels yes. and uh, support Race for Rowan. Yeah. And, 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 you know, this is not a forever situation. I think a lot of times it's hard because it feels like Groundhog Day. One day is the same as the next, the next, the next. It will not always be this way. We will all be able to get back together at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping we can do it by November, which is when we'll have our wine night. We'll have more information on that later. November will be, we tentatively have a wine night scheduled for that. But we know that it'll be sometime, at least in the in the next year, mm-hmm. we'll be able to have our dinner and auction and the run. But for now, we we, we do this so that we can... You know, continue to make sure that we're all safe and 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 doing okay. Um, I thought you were going to say something. I, I thought I was too, but <laughs> okay. I didn't. Okay, <laughs> nothing came out. All right, there you go. <laughs> also, we were talking about it just before we went on the pod. We do, we are going to start developing some podcasts in the future that introduce you to our staff and board, and that introduce you with fun topics. Like, what, what are they binge-watching right now because we're all quarantined? What are you listening to for music? What are you reading? We'll do all sorts of fun stuff like that because we think it'll be fun for you to start to get to know everybody who works here and everybody who contributes besides just Bryn and myself every single week. Yeah. Yes. Looking forward to having that, you know, sharing our yeah. what we get behind the scenes with you yeah. guys because yeah. we have a lot of fun here. We do have to obviously talk about grief mm-hmm. and some really – somber topics so we thought it would be fun to just add some excitement yeah sprinkle in some fun topics that we talk about we really do have a fun staff here and we have a lot of fun members that contribute to race for rowan so it will be a good way for you guys to meet them Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about funny stuff because we laugh here all the time we do but yeah it's it's, it is a lot of fun to actually work for race for rowan and be a part of race for rowan even though 
you know, our main goal is to make sure we're there for folks who are going through a really tough process. We still want you to be able to, to get to know us and, and, and have fun with us. Yeah. So we'll do a lot of that. So watch out for, for that content as we as we begin to move forward. But uh, as for this week's content, that's pretty much it. Those are all the questions I have for you. Right. That was, <laughs> Good. That was, that was uh, bargaining. And so we'll see you next week with depression. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>